It's December 22nd, 2021, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Rob Fish. He's the president of the IEEE Standards Association, and he's here to tell us about an upcoming Communications Futures Conference uh, happening here in Hawaii. And of course, um, then we'll be joined by Jay April from Akaku and Roger McKaig from Olelo, and uh, they're here to give us their unique perspective on community television and stories that have been told in 2021. But now I want to welcome Rob Fish back to um, Bite Marsh Cafe. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned, he's with IEEE Standards Association. He's also a professor over at Princeton's uh, Computer Science Department. And uh, uh, But he's been actually here in Hawaii all this time, so... He's not calling in from the East Coast, but he's here to tell us about the Comms Futures Conference. Welcome to the show, Rob. Well, thank you so much for having me, Bert. Yeah, it's, it's really good to be here. Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of thought that you might be uh, freezing over there on the East Coast, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that you have been uh, nicely sequestered here in Hawaii for probably like the last uh, 18 months of this pandemic. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're nice and warm here in Hawaii. And of course, what yeah. Princeton has been going has what gone pretty much virtual. That's why you are able to do it from Hawaii. Yes, yes. So our conference is virtual. Um, it'll start on January fourteenth and fifteenth. Uh, we were going to have half of it hybrid over at the East West Center at near UH, but with the Omicron virus and all, we decided to go one hundred percent virtual. So. Uh, so that makes it available to everybody, and everyone can participate. Well, you know, uh, Rob, you jumped you jumped ahead of my my question. I was I was uh, wanting to find out how you were uh, conducting class when you were here in Hawaii over at Princeton. Oh well, thanks to the good folks at uh, various telecom services, uh, my students were all around the world at their homes, uh-huh. and I was here in Honolulu and. Uh, we use communications technology to connect everybody. So you were pretty able to quickly uh, transition from in class to virtual, just at a you know at a whim, because I think you were you were saying that you were here since uh, March of 2020, 2020. Yeah, well, Princeton invested a lot in uh, you know bringing in some telecom technologies from various companies mm-hmm. and making sure both the students and the professors had the equipment in their homes or wherever they were staying to. Uh, you know, participate within the classroom and laboratory act, uh, activities. And um, fortunately, that it's not the same experience as being on campus, but it was it worked out okay. You know, it could have been a lot worse. Now, did you have to adapt your curriculum for online? Well, of course. You know, you don't have that um, real-time interaction where you can see a student's and figure out, you know, that uh, they're not really following or you point to somebody and ask, ask them a question. On the other hand, you know, um, it was uh, also kind of a parody, you know, when you have a screen with a lot of faces on it, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's equal. And no one's sitting in front of the class and no one's sitting in back. So oh, that's good. there are good parts and bad parts to it. Yeah. Now, now, with respect to the conference, okay, so you have been part of the Comms Future Conference for a while now. I think it's been going on for like four or five years, and uh, it's an IEEE conference. It, it's kind of co- it coincides with the uh, the PTC, which also happens here in Hawaii, which is happening also in January. Uh, and and so the Comms Futures is sort of a warm up, 
And and what typically gets covered during uh, Comms Future? Well, in Comms Futures, what we specialize is in bringing you know globally known speakers and communications technology, you know, wireless, five G, all the words you guys hear about. But they give talks that are accessible to the general. I'll say the general technical public mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, about the latest in communications technologies. And so that's really what our niche is, is, is to bring, you know, uh, to bring this kind of information to, to the general technical public. Um, IEEE's motto is technology for humanity. And so we want to share, share what we know with, with everyone. And um, of course, give a local perspective here in Hawaii about why, of course, it's in an, it's an island chain, and so communications are really important here for for bringing the state together. Absolutely, and and maybe for for some of our listeners who might not know what the IEEE is, uh, give us a little little bit of a background. IEEE is the Institute for Electrical and Electronic Engineers. I I yeah, uh, have been part of yeah. it, and and anybody who's got a double E degree is is <laughs> is a part of IEEE. But what is the what does the local chapter do here? Well, the local section um, here in Honolulu, uh, they meet monthly. They have guest speakers, which people are welcome to come to. Obviously, um, our meetings lately have been virtual rather mm -hmm. than in per person. Uh, they also sponsor student events at the university. Uh, they su uh, support science fair activities at uh, local schools, local K-12 schools. So they're a, a resource here in, in Hawaii for uh, the information and communication technologies uh, for the public. Okay, so the conference is going to happen uh, actually, what, on the 15th, right? But it's virtual. So uh, what would people want to, how do you, you want to describe it? How, does, how, do, how do people watch what is happening with the conference, uh, given that it might be kind of all virtual and, and recorded for that matter, right? Yeah, that's right. So we've built a platform, a nice software platform that you can log on mm -hmm. to with a web, any web browser. Um, and, um, you know, there'll be a menu of talks that you can, uh, you can uh, access, talks on lots of different subjects, depending on what you're interested in, you know, 5G and 6G or smart transportation, satellite communications. We do a whole bunch of work about supporting communications among the islands in the Pacific. So uh, a lot of that. Um, and uh, so they get to just log on and, and listen to it on the, the program will come live on the 14th and then on the 15th there will be a live stream uh, from uh, from mostly participants here in Hawaii like uh, Hawaiian Tel and Verizon and Queens Hospital and UH Punahou mm -hmm. and of course the state of Hawaii itself Bert right <laughs> I um, think I might be and, on a panel <laughs> yeah I think you might be on a panel to talk about how organizations in Hawaii have used communications networks to support their work during the pandemic. Absolutely. So I think that'll be of a lot of interest to the, to the people here. Okay, so so Rob, where can people go to find out about this conference? Well, I think if you just uh, Google, if I can use that word, sure. uh, um, Communication Futures 2022, you'll get a link right away and just click on that and it'll tell you how to register. It's a very economic conference. Uh, it's like uh, $69 for the general public and you get access to it for uh, three months. Uh, so even if you can't listen to it all at once, you have plenty of time to listen to all the talks, and uh, that that helps that helps people who want to fit this into their lives. Sounds good. Sounds good, Rob. Mahalo for joining us.
Well, thank you. And of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Jay April from Akaku and Roger McKig from Olelo. And of course, we'll get their perspectives of 2021. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio, and I'm happy to welcome Jay April from Akaku and uh, Roger McKeag. McKeag from Olelo, and they're here to talk about uh, community television and, of course, its uh, reflection of the times and I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. This is the first time for both of you, I think. Well, it's always the first time, right, Burke? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, Jay. <laughs> and of course, Roger. You know, I, I'm I welcome you to uh, Bite Marks Cafe. I I, I know you're uh, uh, relatively new to uh, the um, the role that you played over at Olelo, and you know it's really great to actually have representatives from the community television um, and and both. Both you, I, I'll, I'll, I'll provide, I give a little background, right? And maybe, maybe um, we'll start with Jay because Jay, you're calling in from Maui. Akaku is the Maui Community Television, and and people on in, in Honolulu they might be or on Oahu might be familiar with Olelo, but tell people about Akaku. Well, Akaku is a is a, a public access television station, and of course Olelo is as well. And Hawaii is blessed because we have vibrant uh, community television. It, it's not the same everywhere in the country. And mm-hmm. what distinguishes it from any other kind of television is that uh, it's not corporate. And it's access, meaning people, uh, individuals in the community can can make, learn how to make television, produce television, and display it on our channels. If you walk into a commercial television station and you, with a, with a, a thumb drive or what used to be a videotape or a DVD, mm-hmm. say you want to put it on, they throw you out. It's all security. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You walk into our facilities, um, <laughs> we bend over backwards to get your message uh, out before the public, uncensored and unfiltered. It's a completely different paradigm. It's kind of like a platypus. We're a school, we're a TV station, we're a media literacy outfit, but we're also uh, a reflection, or we like to think that we're a reflection of the communities in which we serve. No, that's great, and of course, uh, you do a great job on on uh, Maui, and I've uh, been a guest uh, at uh, Akaku, and and actually was on one of the programs there. So that was a very very memorable experience. It was a pre-pandemic. It was memorable for us too. For <laughs> us. It brought a lot of broadband knowledge to Maui, which is very important, as you know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, and uh, and and uh, Roger, Roger, how long have you been over at Olelo, and and tell us uh, uh, what's what's happening over over there at uh, Olelo Community Television. I started basically, I took the reins in the beginning of April of this year. Mm-hmm. And it's been, a, you know, the interesting time to jump into that role with all that's going on. And so there's some levels that I know that uh, Jay's going to talk a lot about some of the public uh, access and the public creation of content. I also want to mention that because we are here on Oahu with Olelo, um, we actually partner with the neighbor island uh, tags. We call ourselves public uh, educational and government access channels is we share a lot of the, the what happens at the legislature, for instance, and what's happening in government. We have the access to, to do a lot of that uh, content creation and or connection. And so we do share that with the neighbor islands as well. And so I think this year one of the big things for us has been 
uh, I'll say it's the silver lining of the pandemic, is an awful lot of, as we talked earlier with um, Rob, schools had to figure out how they're going to keep having school when no one can get together. Mm-hmm. Similarly, how does the government continue to provide some level of access to what's going on when people can't go to the Capitol anymore? And so I would say a lot of our last couple of years have been really trying to make sure that um, there are cameras in places so that we can actually uh, see what's happening in government and get that information out to the public. Because if you're a community member who might have an opinion about something, you can't have much of an opinion if you don't know what's happening. You know, and so I, yeah, Roger, Roger, you, you bring up yeah. a really great point because over the course of uh, these last couple of years, I think there probably have been a lot of innovations that both the the, the legislative body uh, have incorporated to get the you know get the message out, as well as what you've done over at Olelo to embrace that and and make it available on the channels that you you deliver. That's correct, and actually, in some ways, the uh, the legislature, for instance, has really beefed up their ability to actually create content on their own. And so with a lot of what's being happening at the, at the state capitol now has been us providing, uh, they've been putting it on YouTube, and we've been putting it up on our channels and everywhere else. And so we've had to we continue to pivot. Even now the, the city and county has been changing how from analog to digital, and their um, uh, all their telecom, frankly, at Honolulu Hale. And so we're actually assisting them in making sure as they upgrade that we're helping them to upgrade in a way that continues to provide easy access for us and, and others to view what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, that you, know, you also mentioned that the service that you are providing uh, for the legislators and the legislative uh, sessions and, and the hearings – are being made available to the the neighbor island pegs, and so I'm I'm curious from uh, you know from Jay your your operation how do you how do you basically receive that and and are you able to just you know make the time available on on Akaku channels to deliver that content? Yeah, well, well a couple observations. One is that you know local newspapers have pretty much abandoned coverage of government, which is which is pretty sad. I mean, to the level that they used to cover government. You mean, you so mean, it you, makes you, 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 government coverage about, such as that Alelo provides extremely important to have citizens to continue to be informed about what's going on. Absolutely. The more transparent it is, the better. So um, it used to be difficult to get signals hopped around because of the technology. We used to use the old HIT system, mm-hmm. uh, which was part of uh, UH system and it wasn't reliable but we have a new technology now called live view it's basically a satellite truck and a backpack and all of our peg uh, outfits all of our public access stations now use this technology to to uh, submit live programming to one another so that we can simulcast or or store and then replay so um alello sends us the signal from the capital and, and we make the space available on our channels to to cover capital, stuff from the state capital. Mm-hmm, we also mm-hmm. cover our own county government um, on one of our channels. We have we have three channels, as does Alelo, mm-hmm. and one of the channels is dedicated to government coverage all the time. Uh, another channel, uh, one of our channels, we, we've pivoted and we use um, for news. We do daily news. And when COVID hit, we had to shut down like everybody else, and we decided that 
since everyone, pretty much everyone, has a television studio in their pocket these days, the iPhone or the Android, if we could get hundreds of people to submit stories, train people, get them to submit stories, we could put together a credible newscast. And it took us a couple of months to find our sea legs, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But now we have an extremely uh, credible, nationally uh, recognized newscast that starts every day live at 4, well, every weekday live at 4, and then it's repeated at 7, 9, and midnight. And um, it's online as well on our website and our mobile app, what we've been able to do is provide a media identity for places like Molokai, for instance, which never had a media identity, or Lanai, or rural areas like Hana. So we can get information to and from places that never had uh, the ability uh, to um, put together electronic news, and, which is completely different than the Alelo situation. You have a, you know, a, a very robust media market there. So Alelo's perspective is slightly different than ours, but um, we're in a really great position of being able to provide local news to, to the people of Maui. And just in this past year, in 2020, we produced 250 newscasts, 73 hours of original content, just in the news, about a thousand video segments, some from the community, some from our staff, and we've uh, covered over 2,500 uniquely local, hyper-local stories, stories that wouldn't otherwise be reported anywhere else. So it's been very exciting for us. So, so Jay, you, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the, the fact that uh, you have the ability to cover news in some of these uh, different locations. Is it, is it your staff being able to go out there? Are you, you leveraging community members to create content? How does that news story ultimately get produced and, and then aired? Well, we have, we have our staff producers, or people who've learned how to produce over the past couple of years, who go out and find stories, and then stories come in to us as well. Like, for instance, we have some people who are out traveling, and so they'll send us footage from their travels, let's say in Yellowstone National Park, for mm-hmm, instance. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have someone here put the voice to it. They'll just send us the pictures and notes, and then we'll put the story together. So anyone that is fairly decent at being able to shoot with an iPhone or an Android, we can help them put the stories together. So we also have regular correspondence, the community correspondence. We probably have, over the past couple of years, maybe 20, 30, maybe even 100 people submitted one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, some have regular segments. We have a segment on sustainability. We have a segment on oceans. We have a segment on the Humane Society, for instance, is a regular weekly contributor. We have a segment on uh, self-defense for women. We have a segment, a very local segment on called Rising Tide by local fishermen. So it, it kind of evolves organically uh, from time to time. And uh, But it's really exciting because we never know what's going to come in next and who's going to be a contributor. So we have regular contributors, and then we have contributors who are one-off contributors. So it's a combination of citizens and residents, as well as staff members going out and, and submitting stories. We try to keep everything to a couple of minutes, that you know, sounds... people's attention span. Yeah, yeah, no, that's short, great. So. And I, I do want to hear from uh, from Roger about how that, uh, uh, I guess, the, the, the formats might have uh, evolved, uh, some of the innovations that might have taken place, some of the... And even some of the stories that have have taken uh, kind of top of mind uh, awareness uh, over the course of 2021. So, I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this 
short break to continue our conversation with Jay April from Akaku and Roger McKig from Olelo. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jay April from Akaku Television on Maui, and of course Roger McKig from Olelo Community Television here on Oahu. And of course, we're talking about the evolving role of community television. And right before the break, I mean, Jay was sharing a lot of what was happening over at Akaku and and some of the uh, pivot to to news creation, news content creation, having people in communities to uh, tell their stories and, and uh, a combination of, of uh, community contributions as well as staff uh, news content creation. And, and maybe, uh, uh, Jay, I mean, um, Roger, I mean, what's the, what's the counterpart uh, to what is uh, happening here in Olelo? And, and how does that perhaps, uh, maybe is it similar or different from what's happening on Maui with Akaku? Well, there's obviously similarities, uh, and in fact, we are, uh, we're not as far along as in terms of doing the newscasting kind of things, but we do see that there's a lot of opportunity uh, this year and in the coming year where there's uh, community activities going on, there's voices that aren't being heard, that we want to make sure um, still get the access they need. And right now we're actually starting a, a a whole new program, really, that is going to be relying on the production using mobile devices like iPhones mm-hmm. to touch communities that, that don't have access. And some of those communities are like our Micronesians or some of our Hawaiian communities um, with our language barriers as well as, you know, access to appropriate Internet. And, you know, from us sitting on the broadband together, I know you know how I feel about uh, when, we, when pegs were created, the access we were talking about was, access to government programming and education and, and programming uh, via TV. But now it's much more diverse. Consumption of media is on so many different platforms that when we put something on our TV channel, we're also putting it up on all the other channels that people think of, like YouTube and Facebook and TikTok. And we're starting to use gaming platforms now, too, because kids are consuming their media through their gaming devices. Right, right. So that's how we're having to make sure we diversify how we how we provide that information, um, which is really exciting, and it's it's I think an opportunity, and and we can't get too off track here talking about the uh, emergency broadband bill and the new you know infrastructure bill and how that can impact that. But I'm very excited about the impact that we can have on communities that are underserved in the coming years. Now, Roger, uh, you know, in your observation of, of what has happened in 2021, what do you think some of the uh, the stories that might be, uh, that are emerging, I guess, from some of those communities that perhaps didn't have a voice, what do you think would be uh, uh, things that would be amplified, and uh, what stories do you think they might want to convey uh, going into, you know, going into the new year? Well, you know, we talk about the digital divide, and it's been, you know, pronounced for years, but I would say the last two years have demonstrated not just the inability to have your voice be heard, but the last two years have shown that if you don't have that kind of access, you're not getting educated at all. Your kids are not attending school, and you can't go to the doctor mm-hmm. because you don't have access. And I think that that has, you know, 
made a, a huge point for everyone that, I mean, as the new infrastructure bill says, Internet connectivity and access to this information is like electricity. It's like a human right. And I think that that's going to be the exciting thing going into the next couple of years where by having the resources to enable access to that kind of information is going to make for a healthier and, dare I say, happier communities that used to not get service. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, Jay, from, uh, from the pivot that you folks made over at uh, Akaku, I mean, what kind of news stories were prominent in 2021? What, what was it that captured you know, the, the, the um, attention of your viewers? Well, like I said, we try to re- reflect what's happening. Mm-hmm. Unlike a corporate news entity, which is, they're all pretty much the same. doesn't matter which corporate news channel you look at. And uh, very rarely do you get anything that's uh, insightful that provides nuance. The community is a lot different. It's a lot more diverse. I mean, we had someone submit a story on a slipper library that they put out in front of their house. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really important stories that don't get covered in mainstream media. We've had an injection well issue where the county was injecting sewage into the ocean and destroying uh, uh, coral reefs. I I heard about that, yeah, right. It was a big story, and we covered that in depth from a lot of different perspectives, which wasn't really covered by the corporate media. It was just sort of touched upon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We speak for the animals, too, the, the endangered birds and the turtles and the invasive fire ants. I mean, we, we, we talk about things that are really happening. I mean, most people's lives are spent within 15 miles of their house. So we try to be hyper-local, and we try to give people voices, um, the ability to use their voices so that, so that um, we can present information not only as close to the truth as we possibly can, but in an entertaining way as well. So uh, the, the newscasts are actually a lot of fun sometimes because of the, the whimsy and, and the... Uh, the the freedom that people have to to innovate in their messaging. So that's that's something that you don't see on corporate news. So it's not just the stories, which the big ones were homelessness and water rights and sea level rise and erosion and an awful lot of flooding this year Mm -hmm. and tourism and, of course, the COVID thing. Every single day there's something about COVID. But, you know, to provide essential information for people and, you know, hold up a mirror to our own community is just essential. And it isn't corporate Corporate news doesn't do it. So that's why I think community television is very important for the future, the future of democracy, actually. And even Neiman Labs has recently uh, recognized that. I can't agree more. Think tank, yeah. Yeah, Roger, Roger. uh, I already got, I have about a minute, so so, uh, why don't you share some some last thoughts in in this last minute? I just, I wanted to copy on what Jay was saying and say that the one thing that's really interesting in today is that. Our community television is the only place that is completely uncensored. People don't seem to realize that on YouTube and Facebook, there's certain algorithms that exclude certain voices. And if you're not the right popularity, your voice isn't heard, even though technically you can put stuff up. And I would say we're the last place for that town hall where everybody has a voice. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think over the course of the coming year, uh, I, I would be really interested to hear, Roger, uh, what might some be, what, what might some of the plans be to enable some of those communities to leverage this technology. And and I know this is a very short uh, window here, but Roger, where can people find out more about the Olelo? Obviously, the website, right? Yes, we are at o l e 
ELO.org. Great. ELO.org. And, of course, uh, we've got Akaku.org, and I'll put that up on our show notes. Jay April is the general manager over at Akaku on Maui, and Roger McKeg is the general manager of Olelo Community Television on right here on Oahu. And I want to thank them both for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will be projecting ourselves into 2022 and get a prediction of what might happen. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at BiteMarks at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. And you guys have a great Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Mm-hmm.